Whether I'm turkey hunting, scouting, or glassing for game, I never go into the woods without my Vortex Optics. With their VIP warranty, I can go with confidence because it'll replace any glass damaged in the woods. I dropped my binoculars out of the deer stand last fall, and Vortex got me fixed up and back in the tree in no time. Vortex makes the highest quality and affordable rangefinders, binoculars, and scopes on the market. Y'all check them out at vortexoptics.com. He's kind of like an end goal marker for what we all want to be because he is someone who knows this place so well, but also is very generous about it and realizes the importance of relationships. And so the reason we started this whole thing is to kind of be like what he is. You're listening to the Ozark Podcast presented by Inland. We sit down with men and women from the Ozarks that have a passion for the outdoors. Our aim is to listen, learn, and pass along their knowledge and experiences to help you become a better outdoorsman. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Kyle V. This morning we are um, we're at Ozark Mountain Grill, which is kind of the place where we're Everything started for us um, in terms of inland and coming up with the idea for the podcast. So we love any time that we get to come back here. And if you hear some diner noises and, you know, the door opening with the bell and plates clattering, that's why you're hearing it. Um, But I am here with Daniel Matthews and Kyle Plunkett. And what we're going to do is kind of just break down this last episode that we did with Gary Reniger. Um, Kyle, obviously, that's your papa, so we can call him Papa. And he was kind enough to let uh, me call him Papa. Yeah, you gained a Papa. Yeah, which is which is big. Um, mm. So w- what we're going to do this morning is, is just kind of break down this last episode, talk about it, go into a little bit more depth, and kind of hear some of the the background. Probably, um, obviously, Kyle, you know you know Papa the best, being y- your grandpa. Um, so we want to talk about some stories that we have, what we what we look up to, um, and you know, and what we admire about Papa. Um, and, and really, I think. For, for people who, you know, if you're listening to this and you say, oh, well, they're just talking about Kyle's grandpa, think about it. Papa is, the reason that we are focusing on him is because, in my mind, he is um, he's someone who has spent his whole life in the outdoors, and he's learned, I, I said it on the podcast with, with, um, with Papa, he's, he's gained a tremendously wide skill set in the outdoors, and he's, he's kind of done it all. And so he's someone who you can kind of look up to and admire in terms of, you know, not just being someone who's like really good at one thing, but like kind of broadening your horizons and, and thinking about how can I be a sportsman? How can I be more than just a guy who likes to go out and hunt? And how can I kind of connect it all and tie it into to life and to, to you know, some bigger things than just hunting? Um, and so that's why that's one of the things. And, and we'll talk about it more um, later on. But. Um, we just want to dive back into that episode and kind of break it down for you. Obviously, it was it was fun just sitting there being at his house and um, him welcoming us to his place and you know just telling all the stories. I think I thought it was so much fun. I I really love sitting down with him. I know Daniel, you've been looking forward to just hearing his stories and and talking with him too. Man, uh, yeah, that was so fun for me just to because I was off the mic, so you know, y'all had all the pressure of being on the mic. But we kept referencing you, and you just put your <laughs> thumbs up. Yeah, we couldn't hear you. Well, because I didn't want to add yeah. to the audio, right. but but I was over there just soaking it in because a lot of those stories are ones that have been referenced. Kyle mentioning them, my brother mentioning it, my dad mentioning it. My dad got a shout out yeah. as well in the yeah, episode. Yeah, he did. 
And now one here. Yeah, dentist, now one here. Wow. Dentist, dentist Hank. Good Matthews. job, Hank. Way to go. Um, so I really enjoyed that. Just as a, a listener, it was it was one of those things that uh, I didn't really want it to end. Obviously, we had a time cap on it, but it was so so enjoyable. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, and in terms of actually what we talked about on the episode, I just you know we can recap what we talked about. One of one of my favorite stories, and I don't think I've ever heard it. As a matter of fact, I know I'd never heard it. Um, so we'll just we'll just start off hot because I had never heard the story about him basically wrestling an elk to the ground. <laughs> I thought that was so one insane, mm-hmm. wild, unbelievable, honestly, um, and stupid and stupid <laughs> all at once, and it made the perfect story. And that for me, that was the highlight of the episode. Just picturing him sneaking up to an elk. Mm-hmm grabbing it by the horn, pulling it down, and then shooting it. Like, insane. I can't even imagine what, what that must have felt like. And the fact that he talked about, like, not getting adrenaline rushes and not getting, like, the nervous shakes, I don't understand how that's possible, but I believe him. Yeah. He's just a cold, cold-blooded killer, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Had you heard that story? Oh, yeah. I'd heard that story. I never told... I don't think I told Kyle. You'd said, like, I can't believe I haven't heard that. I said, yeah. And I rightly was told Kyle again I I can't tell that story yeah <laughs> it's so wild yeah and you wouldn't believe it from me and you may not believe it from the man it actually mm-hmm. happened to and right so it's got to be a story only he can tell because only he can relive it in a way that makes sense yeah I tell people my granddad wrestled an elk and they're like yeah you're full of it yeah. whatever yeah like, right. that. that's great it um, sounds like one of those stories you would read in in one of those big like hunting magazines yeah, and does. even then you're like I don't know. Did yeah. that actually happen? Even yeah. like this guy's out by himself. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's just yeah. <laughs> but I believe him. I believe him too. He's convincing, and I think he's just just crazy enough to actually I, do it. That's you know what I mean. Yeah, I don't. I don't believe him for. I mean, I don't believe the story for any reason other than I know he's just crazy yeah. enough to do something like yeah. that. It's yeah, it's not that he's like that intense or that. I don't know. Bad A in the woods. Yeah, no, it's just he's that crazy. Yeah, I think I know what you would say to this. But when he was telling the story, my immediate thought was, okay, which one of my friends would do this? You wouldn't. No. I can never see you doing that. I definitely would My brother wouldn't do that. I'm thinking of, like, hunters I know. Adam wouldn't do that, I don't think. No. Adam, like, views the animal too sacred to, like, do that, right? And I was like, I think the only one of my friends who I could picture doing it is you. I don't know. Would you, I mean, put yourself in that position... Kind of hard to. Ten years in the head. I know, kind of hard to, but like I feel like you would do that. (laughs) I don't know. I could be wrong. No, I. Let me think. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. I probably so I probably have most likely. likely, Most likely, I I know I definitely have more. I have more of a drive to catch or shoot or hunt, whatever it is I'm going after. more of a drive than the average person. Like, if we're going to yeah. go fishing, that's all I want to do. Mm-hmm. If we're going to go hunting, I want to go after the biggest deer, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I could, I don't know. Yeah. I could see myself first also, time in Colorado finding an elk. Yeah, and, and you have some of his blood in you, so. so some of the crazy. Yeah, some, yeah. <laughs> some of the crazy. That's for sure. We know that. Uh, what what yeah. was what was some of y'all's, we covered a lot. I mean, we, we started with his, his life, his early background. I didn't know he was kind of a military, I guess brat is what they would call it, moved around a lot, his his dad was a military mm-hmm. man. Um, I didn't know that. Well, so we so we started with that, and then we talked about kind of how he developed into an outdoorsman. Then he moved to the Ozarks, and 
Um, that was kind of like the path that we took with the conversation. Then we heard a bunch of stories. But for you guys, um, Kyle, maybe you first. What was what was one of your favorite parts or highlights of the episode itself? I think my favorite part of the episode was the retelling of the illegal bear story mm, yeah. because I remember it so vividly. <clears throat> and if you listen to the episode, he actually made a mistake. Um, okay. He, he he gave away the punch before telling the story, talking about how the bear was actually shot with the twenty-two caliber caliber pistol uh, right yeah. in the head. Yeah, yeah. So the, the way the story originally goes is that they were hunting this bear outside of uh, rifle season, so early into archery season, okay. with dogs, which is illegal, on a, a part of our, like right past our property. So not on our property, but they had access to it. I don't know if if they were on somebody else's land and didn't tell anybody. I mean, you, you don't know what these guys. Yeah. And when he talks about James, and I won't give a last name here, these are the types of guys who, they live out there next to us. They're our neighbors. And by neighbors, that means they're, you know, two miles away. Yeah, right, right, right. Uh, and they built their own cabin, and it's four or five families all living in together. And James, the man who shot the bear, whenever I first met him, I was eight or nine years old, and I show up to his cabin, and he's missing most of his fingers, most of his teeth. Oh, wow. And is about six foot three, maybe 160 pounds. Oh. And he was talking about how proud he was of building the cabin. And he's like, yeah, it only cost me four fingers. Oh, <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> and, uh, wow. and yeah, you walk in and it's what you'd expect. It's all decorated with turkey feathers and mm-hmm. deer antlers and some real moonshine bottles and whatever else. Yeah. But the way the story goes, as they told it, was they tracked this bear into this cave with the dogs and when the dogs went in he got worried about it so he crawled in the cave with it bear came out at him and he shot it point blank in the head with a bow that's how the story goes uh, and so and and that's like so anybody's gonna believe that yeah. <laughs> yeah so he shot it with a bow so remember his, his bow season and then they push it down the mountain and drag it out and we come help and the whole story's done um the way the story actually goes that we got out of james james's brother was dogs go in Dogs come out. Dogs are scared. They go around the back end of the cave. The bear is looking at them through a little window at the back of the cave. Yeah. Um, like a little, I don't know, not big enough cracking for the bear the to rocks. get out of. Yeah, cracking the rocks and staring at them, trying to figure out if they're going to go away. And he puts the pistol in the rock. Oh, and it's all over. Man. So it's not nearly as crazy as the, the, the crazy hillbillies out there made it sound. Yeah. But it makes for a much better story. Yeah. Uh, and pulling it out of the woods really was that big of a pain. It really was that much fun. They I drove a pickup tra- truck down the mountain, and we had to load it up. And you couldn't get it up on a four-wheeler. We had to quarter it. Yeah. It was so big. Um, but I think that story, the reason it's my favorite, one, is just wild and, and kind of dumb. And I like those types of stories out in the woods. But two, it was the first, like I mentioned the podcast, the uh, the first weekend that we'd been out there together to go deer hunting. And so we had gone to Walmart. I'd got camo. We had a big dinner. Like, yeah. it was, the whole weekend was just so wild to me. It was a, whole, yeah. it was a foreign world. Yeah. And I stepped out of, like, homeschool, school world in Fayetteville to, mm-hmm. like, the crazy woods where all of a sudden you could you could act like a wild man. And yeah. I just had a blast. Um, so, yeah, we killed some deer that weekend. I remember my snow boots I was wearing got soaked when we were pulling the bear out of the creek. But I thought they were waterproof, and I didn't know the difference because I was so young. I just thought my feet were cold. Mm-hmm. So I put on wet boots the next morning to go deer hunting. Oh, and, like, no. about lost a foot. <laughs> it was oh, so cold. Um, yeah, I think that's probably my favorite one we covered. Yeah. yeah that, it's just a wild weekend out there. It's kind of crazy, too, that, like, your first weekend out there as a, as a young hunter, someone who's kind of going out for the first time into the wild, and then, like, all of a sudden you see it's, like, there's a huge bear, and then we shot some deer, and you... 
honestly, you kind of got spoiled early mm-hmm. on because it's like you saw so much just that first weekend. Mm-hmm. So I can only imagine that that, that weekend kind of sticks in your mind yeah. as being, you know, memorable. I will say this, and uh, I, don't, I don't believe in this kind of stuff, but if I believed in something like a kind of like an animal spirit or some, some good luck token or something like that. Uh, I think Papa would probably be, probably be mine. Yeah. <laughs> all, the, all the crazy things out there he's been involved in somehow. Um, I even remember the first, the first bear I killed in 2014. He was the only one out there. And so he, he found me and brought some pistols over and a light and was like, let's go track this thing. And it was just me and him in the woods. And uh, my, biggest, my biggest buck to date, I don't know, big 160-something inch, 13 point, I think is what it is. Uh, shot in shot in Washington County. Mm-hmm. Which one is that? That one mounted? that's mounted over the fireplace. Yeah. Like the pack out mount. Yeah. Um, that one, like every, it was October and all, all these people were, or all, my family's like on vacation or something. So Papa Reniger was the only one around and he helped me get it out. So all the, all the big animals that go down, he seems to be around. That's yeah. why I say he's like my, he's my lucky, my lucky token. He's always there. In there. Those woods. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy, and and even this last weekend, right? Y'all went yeah, fishing, biggest, caught your biggest biggest fish. brown on a fly. He was yeah. in the boat. Yeah, he was rowing. Yep. See, there's something to He's that. Good luck. There's something <laughs> yeah. to that, man. What about you, Daniel? What from the episode? What was your kind of favorite highlight? Um, I enjoyed all the stories. I guess I didn't realize though how diverse like the different cities and outdoors experiences he had growing up yeah that's a good point i don't remember all the ones that he mentioned but i know he mentioned jacksonville florida was one um louisiana which for me my family my mom's side is from louisiana right and i remember i had like some sort of connection with renegar through louisiana i could never remember why but it's because uh that's i think that's where him and miss billy mm-hmm. had, right was in louisiana so i just really enjoyed that part of him just kind of he kind of said it nonchalantly like it was yeah it just was yeah uh, and it probably was that way for him but just the the fact that he got so many he got exposed to so many different uh, areas and you know there's similarities between um, how you hunt and fish in North Carolina to how you do it in the Ozarks but it's not the exact same and so I just thought that was cool that he could even bring experiences from um, from another world back into the Ozarks and in make his experience better here and even better for the people that he's taught. Mm-hmm. So that, that for me was really, really cool. Yeah. I think honestly, now that you say that, it's probably a little bit of the, the foundation for why he has developed a wide skill set is because he was exposed to a lot of different places and moving around, you're going from Louisiana to North Carolina to, to Florida to Arkansas. Like that's a lot of different styles of hunting and fishing and you're kind of doing a lot of different things and learning from people in those places. Um, and so when you then settle down in one area, you've got all these different skill sets that you kind of want to put to use. So now as you say that, it kind of makes me think like, oh, like mm-hmm. makes perfect sense maybe why he has learned so much and he yeah. knows so much about different different topics. Yeah, it's, it's similar to uh, my brother. Like the reason why he is such a good cook is because he lived in New Orleans for five and six years and talked with, like, I mean, down there, cooking and food is maybe the most, like, cultural um, piece in the America. Like, if you think about places that have great food, New Orleans is, like, defined by that, that key. And so he got to bring that back to the Ozarks where he talked about um, fishing, hunting. The the plate is kind of the end goal for him, right? It's that Mm -hmm. idea, and so... 
I think it's good to get out and experience different cultures and bring them back, and it makes your cultural experience like richer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, what about you though? What What were some of your highlights? Well, I kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier. the The highlight for me was the elk story. Him Him pulling yeah. that elk down. I just think that's so cool. So I won't I won't go too much into that. But that was really cool. And then I think I I appreciated at the end too when he just talked about um, it, and it's something that I I resonated with was he talked about like connecting his faith with outdoors and um, what really I forget exactly what he said. But and I said it on the episode too. But when he talked about like it's it's never clear. There's never a clearer moment um, that there is like a creator when you're out than when mm-hmm. you're out in the wild and you're seeing everything and you're experiencing nature in its like raw form. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, that's like that was something that I, I resonated with, and it was it was just a cool moment to and a cool you know um, idea that I connected with and that it's cool to hear other people have like the same experience. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know that that for me was was definitely a highlight. Um, and I just, you know, I know he's got a ton of stories and, um, w- one of the things I, w- I wanted to do was in addition to the stories we talked about on the podcast, um, for us, I, we've all spent some time with, with Papa and, and you have Kyle obviously more than, than Daniel and I, but, um, are there any other like personal stories that y'all wanted to just mention of times that you've been with Papa or stories of Papa that, that you, uh that you kind of wanted to rehash on here? I mean, you probably have so many. I'm, gonna, I'm trying to think how to tell the one uh, that I have that we had talked about. What, uh, what are you talking about? The uh, the pistol down the canyon or down the waterfall. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess I'll, I'll go first. Yeah, you can go first, Daniel. So it's been mentioned on this podcast that uh, compared to my friends, I'm more of a city slicker. In the sense that I, <laughs> people know that they they probably do. I mean, he was telling. I'm just. I mean, Veet Veet said last podcast, congratulations on catching. You know, you're gonna catch your first fish. Yeah. I was like, all right, I've caught fish. Yeah, before. that was my bad. But but it is true. Like relative to what to y'all's experience, I mean, I am not an outdoorsman at all, and I, I want to become one. And so that's the context. Every weekend, I was at like you know sporting tournaments where all my friends were either doing that or hunting. So this was in around fifth or sixth grade. And I think the cabin was really new at that point. And Dr. Renegar invited uh, my dad out. <clears throat> and my dad was like, is it okay if I bring Daniel and a friend? And I can't remember who the friend is, but there was a friend with me. And at that point, we had land out there next to Renegar's. And so we went out there, and uh, <clears throat> I remember being at the cabin and just being in awe of like, oh, this is like such a cool structure. And I actually think the outside was a different color then because the wood has aged since. I remember it being like a lighter color. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was quite a bit lighter. Quite a bit lighter, yeah. Uh, but the cabin is even more beautiful now than, than it was then just because the age of it. And uh, I remember being in there and Miss Billy made some like cinnamon muffin things. I don't I They were so good. <laughs> I just remember, it's like one of those palettes in the memory. I'm like, ah, oh, that's amazing. Uh, had some of those, hung out, <clears throat> and then we just decided to go on like a, a hike, essentially around the land and see where where our, our lands like butted up against mm-hmm. each other. And I think we were on four wheelers, and so we started going down towards. We went down the pond in the field. Mm-hmm. What um, type of year was it, or what time of year? I remember it being almost around this time because there so weren't any early leaves. Spring. Yeah, they okay. was, it was winter. There weren't any leaves. It was pretty bleak okay. out there. 
but it wasn't like super cold because it was very sunny. Yeah, gotcha. And um, so we're four wheeling around. I think this is when I was like still scared to like. I know I'm in sixth grade, but I like didn't ride four wheelers or I didn't drive four wheelers. I was still just slow to get into things. We'll say. Yeah. But anyway, we we make our way down uh, this little trail next to this like little creek, and we come upon this this waterfall. And all both y'all know the waterfall. It's you know when you go hiking on land, you always end up there because mm-hmm. it's just so beautiful. And so I think we went down and like played a little bit because it, it kind of was like this this canyon where you can look down and see almost the bottom and it kind of curves. We were playing on the rocks, then we came up to the top, and uh, we had lunch. You know, heard probably some really good stories from Renegar because he's always talking. And uh, I don't know what it was, but I, I guess it was the first time I realized that my dad had brought a pistol. You know, because we're in the woods, and it makes sense. Like, something might come and attack you, so you might want to shoot it. But the significance of the pistol, I didn't, uh, I didn't know when I first recognized it, but it was his dad's pistol, and mm-hmm. it, it's like a... It, the only way to describe it is that it looks like a pistol that would be in, like, an old Western movie, yeah, like a yeah. cowboy movie, like right? Like a revolver. Like a revolver, right? And um, I just thought it was, like, the coolest thing ever. But anyway, he, he uh, Renegar was there, and I think Renegar brought a pistol as well at the same time. But um, we're out there, and we're talking about, I mean, Renegar's given, like, the history of the pistol and all these details that, again, I'm in sixth grade, so I'm like, this is cool. I don't really know what you're saying, right. but it's really, really awesome. And he's like, all right, y'all need to plug your ears. And I'm like, wow, why are we plugging our ears? And he, like, pulls out the pistol. And it's, like, cold. You can, like, see your breath, right? It's that cold, but it's not, like, freezing. And he, like, points it down the canyon and just, like, fires. And I just remember it being, like, one of the coolest noises. And you hear it. It was, like, yeah, like, down the canyon. I, I don't know why. It just has always stuck with me. Because then the smoke out of the pistol was there as well. Mm-hmm. And... For me, I just looking at Renegar was like, that's a man. Yeah. That's a man right there. Like, this this guy is, like, I don't want to mess with this dude. Yeah. And so um, that's, like, one of my favorite stories with him. It's pretty, I mean, it's pretty simple, but I just remember, okay, this dude's like John Wayne. This is modern day. Is it John Wayne? Is that the guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a Western guy. Modern day John Wayne. And my dad, like, loves John Wayne. So it was just one of those moments where I was, appreciating my dad, appreciating an older man mm. who I viewed at that point kind of as like a grandfather figure. And so um, he didn't really teach me a lot that day, yeah. I guess, through words, but it was more of just an action thing. I just That, that memory always just sits with me pretty well. It's cool. It's like a <clears> – <throat> I know what you're talking about. Like sometimes you, you kind of have a memory, and it's, it's really a, just a moment in time. Mm-hmm. But it's like you retained it, and every time you – think about a person your mind goes to this moment and it's something that just kind of replays in your mind as you kind of close your eyes and think yeah. about and honestly i'm just realizing this i actually don't remember if it was my dad or him who shot the pistol yeah <laughs> which i think is actually maybe part of the Makes story yeah i kind of could see a lot of them in that and and for those listening my my dad's dad died when he was like 22 and so he didn't really have a father figure and so when he moved here Dr. Renegar actually was not only a mentor in his field because they both practiced a form of dentistry but also really became and he said this like his dad in a sense of teaching him these things orienting him with the Ozarks and so it was just this cool moment of like two people collapsing and like ah that's like that was cool so that's my that's my story yeah Mm, yeah for for me it's um it's a uh 
it's a morning on the beaver tailwaters and it was actually what's funny about this story is that i wasn't even i didn't even know papa was going to be there Mm. i had gone out there and kyle was there too and i didn't know kyle was going to be there um and that's it, happened more than once, by the way. It really has. It seems that's to happen. Quite a bit. I feel like five or six times at that this happened, point. That happened with us. Yeah, yeah. when we, we went rolled fishing. up, was like, oh, they're oh, here. Kyle's here. <laughs> yeah, how weird. Uh, but yeah, I had I had gone out to the tailwaters one morning with um, Kinsey, my wife, and um, it was kind of it was during you know this whole COVID quarantine stuff, and um, kind of I think as everything was just getting started, mm-hmm. and. Um, Kenzie and I had gone just to, she was learning how to fly fish. She was learning how to get into it, and she was kind of taken to it and enjoying it. So we went out one morning, just kind of a random, you know, Saturday or something like that, maybe Friday morning. I don't remember exactly, but we get out there, and we're fishing. And within, like, the first 30 minutes, you know, we're catching fish, and then all of a sudden we kind of look over to our right or we walk around a bend, and there's Kyle, Papa, and his cousin from uh, Texas. Like, he's in town. And we're like, what the heck are y'all doing out here? And they had brought their boat, and they had mm. brought, you know, a bunch of equipment. They were out there for the for the full day. And so we kind of just, like, we, you know, absorbed into their group, and we just started fishing next to them. And um, I remember we were all catching fish, and then it kind of got to lunchtime. We were all getting hungry. Kenzie and I were planning on going home at that point, but Kyle was like, no, y'all should stay. We've got some food. We've got some broths. We'll fry up some of these fish. We'll cook some I veggies. told Kyle, like, if you just clean your own fish, we'll cook them. Yeah. And so oh, he flayed yeah. them up real quick. Yeah, so we caught a couple, like, fresh out of the water, flayed them up, and um, we just start cooking them. And so we're all sitting there, and um, I just remember hearing Papa, like, just tell a bunch of stories of mm-hmm. his life. And specifically, he was talking about, he he's actually, he spent um, quite a, quite a bit of time as like a sculptor sculpting bronze statues and figurines and um uh, busts basically mm-hmm. and stuff like that and which i don't know anyone who does that which is super cool and he was just telling his stories of like he he like met this artist who's like this super famous artist from oklahoma and he did this piece that was modeled after this really famous piece of artwork and um he talked about that he talked about doing the Frank Broyles mm-hmm. bronze sculpture outside of um, the stadium, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. In Fayetteville. Yep. Um, and just all that stuff. It was like learning stuff. I was like, I didn't even know that. Like, I thought you were a dentist. I didn't know you did <laughs> any of this. And I just thought that was really cool. And we were sitting there eating and um, just kind of taking in some wisdom and, and hearing his stories. One of my favorite memories, for sure, mm-hmm. of being around Papa. He's the man. He yeah. was uh, this weekend, actually. I, I took him fishing to, on the white we went with some family, and uh, he was asking how you were doing. He's, you know, just, oh, I like old Kyle. I'm glad y'all are free. Yeah. I'm glad you're outside together and whatever else. Yeah. And he goes, uh, how's his wife? And I was like, Kinsey goes, yeah, Kinsey. I was like, she's good. And he just goes, man, that girl could fish. Yeah. <laughs> I think the only time he'd met her was out there. That's awesome. Uh, that memory you just shared. Yeah. And that's what he was thinking of. was like, she can catch some fish. That's yeah. cool. That's cool. I think... Uh, Maybe my favorite lesson learned, and I don't know if I have a specific story because I have too many of them to try and rank them, but right. um, maybe the, the thing that stands out most clearly in my mind about Papa is uh, anytime we were deer hunting or fishing or pheasant hunting or squirrel hunting, it didn't matter what we were doing. He cared more about the relationships and the connections that were happening than he ever cares about the game that you're pursuing yeah and he cares more about 
kind of the camaraderie and, and the time spent together as family or friends um, than, he, than he does alone in the woods. And so my most vivid memories and probably the memories I'll hold on to forever um, thinking about Papa is not getting up super early and going and getting on a four-wheeler and driving out to a stand with him. And that happened plenty of times as a young boy mm-hmm. and young man. But it was actually after the morning hunt, all being back at the cabin, and he's in his long underwear cooking uh, biscuits and gravy and bacon and eggs and whatever else. And he's just like man of the kitchen cooking this huge feast because his favorite part of the day was like that 1130 slot Mm. right after you've been hunting, right before you get back again where we're all going to sit around and eat a huge meal together. Yeah. Or, yeah, same thing. If you're pheasant hunting, he likes shooting birds. He would rather stand in the back and just talk your off. Yeah. <laughs> he would actually ever pull up a shotgun. Yeah. And he got to where the last few times we've been, he won't even bring a gun. He just walks right by you and talks to you the whole time. And so yeah. it really is just a, for him, the outdoors is just a, it's just a vehicle for yeah. connection. It's just kind of the, the vessel for relationships, I guess, which yeah. is something I've, one, really appreciated, um, especially as I've gotten older and realized true friends are hard to keep and to come by. Like, you just get busy and life gets real and whatever else. I think... As a boy, it's like, yeah, these are people I do stuff with. They're my friends. But right. when you get older, you start to realize, no, friend means a lot more. There's yeah. a lot more um, sharing of, of real life and a lot more kind of honesty and vulnerability or, or kind of true friendship, intimacy, whatever else you want to call that. And that doesn't just happen on accident. That right. happens very intentionally, I'd say. And so um, watching him model that was really special. And... Um, yeah, that's probably it. Uh, maybe the only other word I'd, I'd throw in is, is stewardship. So stewardship of relationships is really big. I've also seen him steward um, land and places better than just about anybody. Like, the dude carved out the side of the mountain to build the house he's on now yeah. and spends every single week some level of time on his tractor moving stuff around to make yeah. it that much better. Um, or the, the cabin, the hunting out there was really, really great. The years that he was really healthy and we were all out there all the time where... We were planting 10 or 12 different food plots. We were clearing shooting lanes. We were Mm -hmm. putting up new stands every year. We were, uh, I'm just all the different land management he would do to kind of steward the place made it just unbelievable Um, to where you could, you could show up to a spot and guarantee that you were going to see deer. I remember as a 10 or 11 year old passing up pretty good bucks every single time we were hunting because I just knew they're eventually going to show up. Like, this yeah. is where all the deer go. Yeah. And that's not the case right now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we haven't done the management. we haven't been doing the management. And so, um, yeah, just the way he stewards stewards what the Lord's given him, whether it be uh, family, relationships, money, material stuff, whatever. He's, he's kind of the epitome of has anything you could want, but also is like, I don't know, it matters. Not, I'm not taking it with me. Yeah. Uh, mm. Might as well use it. So, yeah, that's something I will carry with me forever. It's just that you can you can use money and things and places for good things or bad things. Yeah. Um, he's always using for good things, and so yeah, he's got a very loose grip on it and realizes it's actually it's more about the people and the connections than it is about the stuff. Yeah, it's a pretty big deal. That's that's literally like the thing that I was gonna kind of end on and and talk about was like what I admire in him and um, and what I've seen from him, and it's like so t- closely related to that. For me, the word that comes, sticks out is generosity, mm-hmm. um, because. He's been so generous to me as, you know, your friend who, you know, I've only known him the last three or four years. And, um, but it doesn't matter. Like he treats me, he treats me like, you know, like I'm family and he lets me <laughs> borrow his fishing boat to take over to the white. <laughs> he lets me, you know, go to his cabin. He's all, he's just always like been so generous and, um, he doesn't, you know, he's, he's got a cabin and he's got a, 
a place to go hunt and, and he's got that boat and access to all these things but he doesn't treat them like oh these are mine like i'm gonna hold on to them and and you know no one else can use them he uses it to to give to other people um and that's just something that you know i look up to and, and when i think about you know my life and how how i want to um give to other people and how mm. i want you know my impact to be as i grow up like i want to be someone like that who's who doesn't just like have things that I hold on to, but I'm like, I have things. Yeah, that's great. But I want, I want people to be in my life and I want the people in my life to use the things that I have Mm -hmm. just like I would. Um, and so that's, yeah, like same in the same vein of what you were talking about. I I see that from an outside perspective and it's awesome. It's really cool. He said, this has actually been in my mind the last few weeks and I couldn't pinpoint where it came from. But he talked about, in the same vein as stewardship and generosity, he said uh, he used the word cultivate quite mm-hmm. a bit that night, especially towards the end to talk about relationships. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, literally the thing that's been in my mind is like friendships, what you were talking mm-hmm. about, are two ways. Mm-hmm. Like if you have a friendship that you feel like is falling apart, you need to ask what are you, like, what are you doing to cultivate it? And I feel like that's something that he does a really good job mm-hmm. with especially with his family, mm-hmm. right? But, like, how do we do that as well? And I think you said it earlier, Veet, um, just before you wrap up, like, he's kind of like an end goal marker for what we all want to be, right? Because he is someone who knows this place so well, is, res- like, stewards it so mm-hmm. well, but also is very generous about it and realizes the importance of relationships. And so... Just, like, thinking, why does this episode hit so hard for us? It's because he's kind of what we're all, you know, inching towards. Mm -hmm. And we might not ever get it, right? (laughs) But it's still, like, it's, like, a marker to hit. He's kind of the the epitome of what... The reason we started this whole thing is to kind of be, like, what he is, Mm -hmm. right? Which I thought was really, really cool. And introduce other people to that level. Or to that way of living, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And and learn, I think, too, like <clears throat> you mentioned, he's like, he's kind of, you know, what, what we're striving for and what people can strive for. And I think, too, when I think about, like, obviously, Papa, he, he is, he's one guy who's, um, who has learned so much. And I just think about, like, how many other people are like Papa that have cool and interesting perspectives, perspectives and have lived a life similar you know obviously no one is like papa but everyone has their own thing and you can kind of learn different things from different people and there's a lot to learn and take away from papa um and so with the podcast like i just i think it's cool that we're gonna get to talk to a lot of different people mm-hmm. and um try to learn from them and and you know we may develop new um and you know new and creative and unique role models um along the way that's like this is a guy I never even knew of but now he's like someone i look up to and it kind of that's how it was for Papa, at least for me. Yeah. Just I just met him in the last couple of years, and he's like become something that's like I can look up and aspire to be something like him one day. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure we'll we'll just meet more and more people that Definitely. have interesting lives and perspectives. So my goal is to be the best Ozark outdoorsman there is in like 20 years. <laughs> that's a great when I, 20 when years. I, yeah, when I'm 46, I want to okay. be I want to be it. There we go. That's a high bar. Hey, you put it out there in the public. I know. So. Now, now it's there. People can hear it. Now they can hear it. I want it. to catch bigger fish, shoot bigger turkeys, have bigger deer. Kyle, bear hunter. I don't even know what else. Plunk it. It's going to be hard to do only on the weekends, but <laughs> yeah. you just wait and see. You, you watch just, me do it. You just wait. <laughs> you just wait. 
No, that's not the marker for success. We know that. True. It's yeah. true. It's friendships. It's, yeah. it's good experiences. If I, can, if I can do that well, I, I will consider myself the most successful outdoorsman there is at 46. You know how he said, like, that 1130 slot is his whole, like, that's his favorite part, Renegar? You said that? Like, after for, the, after the oh, hunt? Oh, yeah, for breakfast. I think that's the reason else. I got into the outdoors is, like, ah, skip the hunt, man. I just yeah. want the I'll hang. sleep in and wake up for the <laughs> breakfast. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to start making the breakfast now. I probably should. There you go. Consider hey, you got to learn, learn how to do some gravy. And you can just you can just be camp chef, dude. I would love that. I know that would be awesome. And that guarantees like the invite every single time. Because yes. even if you're not hunting, it, you're actually the perfect like guest or you know someone to bring along. Because you're not taking any of the game that someone else might take, <laughs> and you're making all the food. Yeah, that hurt. Man. Well, just because you're not hunting, but um, but you're coming out there, if, especially if you're sleeping in, and then you're making food for everybody. Like, if you want an invite every time be that guy dude i'll do it i do want to learn actually this morning it really hit me listening to uh Runiger's episode i was like i actually really want to learn how to hunt yeah like it would be fun but at the same time you know what if y'all want to kill all the deer i'll cook all the okay. food we want to teach you to hunt yeah no you should definitely get into it a little bit can i tell you something dan that may uh may offend you a little bit it's, no hey here's the thing say growth my we were talking <laughs> so we like i mentioned we went fishing this weekend and uh my cousin that uh, that Kyle mentioned earlier, who we ran into a couple of years ago on the on the water, is named Zach. And uh, me and Zach and, and Papa were talking about wanting to plan a pheasant hunt to Kansas sometime this fall. So he called his guy, and you know it's like private access, not a farm, but it's a before the general season. Farmers allow people to mm-hmm. I don't know that kind of thing. I've never done it. Um, but he was like, if we do this, y'all can invite anybody you want because the more people we have, that means the more guns and that means the more birds and that means the more limit, that kind of thing. And uh, Zach was like, oh, we got to invite Kyle V. Like, that'll be really fun. And he goes, you know, we should also invite Daniel. I don't know if he can shoot, but we can at least shoot his birds. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, you want so, more birds for that's yourself? That's what he goes. He's like, yeah, so we should, you know, we should invite him because sure. even if he just wants to be out there, we can shoot at his birds. And it was his way to figure out how can I shoot more birds. And it's just it's just betting on the fact hey, that you can't shoot a bird. You know it what? is really funny. I don't mind being a means to an end if yeah. I get to be out there hanging with y'all. So I'm there. You can be in the back with Papa just yeah. walking along. I'm excited that I even got the invite. Hey, but, got the invite. Not if officially, it but year. if it happens, yeah. If it happens, I'll, I'll let y'all know the dates. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. That's but yeah, great. I just love that. Of all my friends, <laughs> that was Zach's first. Like, we should invite Daniel. That's hilarious. So we can Thanks, see Zach. his birds. Yeah, That's hopefully man. listen to this. But. That's funny. Cool. Well, that's all we got for you guys. Um, Thanks for joining us, and we will see you next time. Peace. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and make sure to leave a review. If you leave a five-star review and email us a screenshot along with your mailing address to theozarkpodcast at gmail.com, we'll send you an absolutely free waterproof Ozark podcast sticker. To support the show and gain access to bonus content, full-length video episodes, exclusive discounts on merch, and free stuff, head on over to our Patreon website, which you can find the link to in our show notes. Check us out on Instagram and on our website at www.inland-us.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.